December is a big month for catering. You're going to have everybody that's celebrating the holidays, and they're going to try to get the family and the friends together and have a little bit of a celebration. Of course, they're going to need some great food and great service, and hopefully you're up to the challenge. This is part two. We're going to be talking about what you need in a catering contract today, and then also how to make sure you're making money when you make that quote for a catering. Welcome to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. My name is Bill Moore. I am a food truck business coach, author of five food truck vending books, including Food Truck 101 and Food Truck 201. This podcast is all about helping you start and grow your food truck business. Table Needs welcomes you to listen in as Christian and Tracy, co-owners of Restless Coffee, spill the beans on their debut year in the food truck scene, uncover the secrets behind their secret menu, how they continually provide stellar customer service, and why building a strong community following is so important. Click the link in the episode description to watch the video for free. So I went over all the details earlier this week about getting yourself set up for that catering. Now, there's two things that we get, still got to go over. One is what needs to be on a catering contract, and the other is how to actually make money at a catering. So there's certain points on a catering contract that you need to make sure you've got when you go to have the client sign on the dotted line. So on a catering contract, what you're looking for is all the obvious things as far as what the date is, what the time is, and then what the ending time is, and then where's it going to be. Got to know those things. And if it's a venue that the client does not own, you need to make sure you got permission to be there and that you're able to get in there early enough to set up and cook. And you're also there late enough to clean up because, again, the client may not understand everything that you got to do. So they may reserve something for two hours when actually you need three hours ahead of that to set up and then an hour and a half or two hours to clean up after. So you got to make sure that you have that permission to be there on that venue and that that's the responsibility of the client, not you. And of course, you got to have that firm guest count. How many people are actually going to be there? You got to have some type of payment terms. You got to let them know that it's going to be, say, $5,000 for the catering, and I need a 50% deposit today when we sign the contract. When they give you that 50% deposit, that means you're going to have to have some type of refund or cancellation policy within your contract. Typically, what we want to do when we get that 50% deposit, we are committed that we're going to go and do a catering on that particular date that reserves the date for that client. And that's why you want a 50% deposit, because that makes them have skin in the game. They're going to be more serious about, okay, we're going to make sure this particular party goes off without a hitch. And if it's a wedding, you know how weddings can be postponed. We don't want to get caught up in the emotional things that the parents are getting caught up in. All we want to do is have money in our hand. And if we don't have money in our hand, we want that date freed up as soon as possible. So when it comes to a cancellation, let's say that your deposit is $2,500. You're going to offer a refund of a small portion of that if they give you certain time parameters. What I suggest is if they cancel before 90 days ahead of the event, you just give them all the money back because that gives you three months to replace that catering. So it should not be a big deal to you. You would not have spent not one cent yet because we're still 90 days out or more. So you give them all the money back. Shake hands, leave us friends. But if they're at 89 days or less, we're going to keep some money. 10% because you may have actually put a deposit down on equipment you had to rent. 
You may have had to do something that may cost you a little bit of money. Of course, you can get a refund. But with less than 90 days left, you may not be able to get yourself another catering to replace this one. So out of that $2,500 that they've given you as that down payment or the deposit, you're keeping $250. you are keeping 10%. Not bad. If they go between 46, I'm sorry, if they get to 45 days and, and then they're talking about canceling, we're going to keep 20%. Because now we're only a few weeks away and we will have spent some money to reserve any equipment that we have to rent. And we've already started getting employees lined up. So we've got a little bit of time and effort tied up into this. We want to be compensated for that time and effort. It's not our fault they're canceling. Whatever the excuse is, not an emergency on our part. We'll give them back a little bit of money, but we're keeping some. So you refund 20% of the, of the deposit they've given you. Now, if they get down to less than a month, now we got a real problem because now we've we've certainly bought some supplies that would have la that would last a month. We've definitely got some equipment rented. We've definitely spent some money, and then obviously more time. So if they're less than a month and they want to cancel, then we're going to do a thirty percent. Sorry, we're keeping thirty percent. And again, this is outlined in the contract. Then the expectation is they pay us the remainder when we're seven days out and make it very clear I don't show up unless you have paid me seven days in advance. So if they go to cancel, then you're keeping all the, the deposit from that point. And again, all this needs to be laid out in the contract. Now, it's up to you to decide that if they, they say, well, I can't get the venue like I thought I would. Can we reschedule? It's up to you to decide whether to move that pot deposit towards that new date and new venue or you tell them, no, I'm sorry, I'm keeping the 10% like the contract outlines, and if you'd like to use me as a caterer, we start all over. That's up to you to decide if you want to do that or not. And then, of course, your catering contract has to be very explicit in what the menu is and what you're going to be serving, and then also find out who owns the food. Are you responsible for taking care of all the leftovers and then disposing of them or donating them, or do the guests get the leftovers, and then how is that going to be processed? Do these get a little Tupperware container? What's going on? you got to be able to include that in your estimate, and of course it has to be in the contract. So now let's talk about the one thing everybody wants to know. How do I make money? Okay, so we talked about a guest count. Got to know how many people are going to be serving. You're going to think about several different aspects of your business. This just isn't, I'm going to go out and buy $500 worth of food and cook it. So we got to think about everything that's involved in that catering, plus everything that's involved in your business. So when you get to the part where you're going to give them a quote, you've got that head count. You're going to shop for food and get all the food that you need. And it's either food you got on inventory, like spices and stuff. You're going to figure out how much of the spices are going into the recipes you're cooking for the catering. And then you're buying a whole bunch of brand new food. So you know exactly how much the food costs you. This is a hard cost. You can't negotiate that. So, for example, if you're going to be feeding 100 people and you go through and list out all the food you're going to be purchasing, plus all the recipes you got to create, let's say that you have $1,300 worth of food spent to feed those 100 people. That's fine. You cannot negotiate that number. Next thing you got to think about is additional supplies. Do I have to buy utensils? Do I have to buy disposable tongs and spoons and that type of thing? What supplies do I need to do for this catering 
that I don't already have and that are not something I can keep forever. So again, disposable products, additional supplies. Whatever that number is, is whatever that number is. That's another hard cost. Cannot negotiate that. Then if you're having to do equipment rentals, the same deal. Can't negotiate that because the equipment rental company is charging you whatever they're charging you for. So you still got a hard cost there. Okay, after you've got the equipment figured out, got that price on your quote. And we're not sharing any of this information. We're not marking any of this up. The food is what it costs us. The supplies is what it costs us. The rental is what it costs us. We want to think about, are you going to charge a fee to drive wherever you're driving to? It's up to you. You can charge, you can not charge. Typically, you want to be somewhere between 50 cents and a dollar per mile. So if it's 40 miles away or 40 miles round trip, then you're charging $40. $20 there, $20 back. Then you got to add in your daily fixed cost from your break-even point. Because there's certain bills that got to be paid every single day when you, whether you are open or whether you're closed. Things like your insurance and your cell phone bill, any loans that you have out, any commissary costs, all those got to be paid whether you're open and making a million dollars or you're closed and making zero. Those people want their money. Those fixed costs got to be paid. So those fixed costs had to be put into this catering. Otherwise, whatever profitability you have out of the catering is paying those fixed costs. So those are hard costs. Then you got to put in your hourly labor and you got to think about prep time. You got to think about cook time. You got to think about service time. You got to think about setup. And then you got to think about cleanup. All of those hours add up. And you got to figure out what the wages are for those hours. Because again, those are hard costs. Your employees expect to be paid, so you can't negotiate their pay for them. So you want to be really, really good at, okay, it's going to take us two hours to get set up with the tables and chairs in the tent. Let's get it done. Because if it takes you three hours, that means your timeline's messed up and you're already behind on something else. So you got to get really, really good at handling your labor expenses as far as how much time does it take to prep, to cook, to set up, to serve, to clean up. Then, once you got all that, we got to figure out another thing. And that other thing is all your variable costs that are not food related. Because you already paid for the food. So you're thinking about variable costs like cleaning supplies, office supplies, if your marketing, because you got to be able to market. So those variable costs that are not associated with your food costs have to be put in as a percentage. And if you're doing the break-even form that I've given you guys, guess what? You know exactly what your variable costs are. Then once you put in that last number, then now you have enough information there to come up with a break-even point. What the break-even point means is all the bills is paid. All of the employees are paid. All the food's paid for. Every cost that you have has now been covered. And for an example, let's say that you started with 100 people and now you're up to about $4,000 just in cost. Okay, And those can't be negotiated. So if you were to tell the client that, hey, it's going to be $4,000 and the client says, oh, no, that's too much. We need to cut some stuff out. You have nothing to cut out. The only thing that can be cut out is you got to tell them, well, hey, less people got to come. Because in order for me to feed them the many that you and I decided and discussed, it takes this amount of money. All of those things cannot be negotiated if you're being honest. Now, if you're just exaggerating the labor so you can jack up your own profit, number one, you're being, you're cheating. You're being disingenuous as far as taking care of the client. And then you can't negotiate it because at some point you might negotiate away too much of that labor and now you're paying for it yourself. So be honest with your numbers. If it takes $4,000 to do this particular catering, it takes $4,000. So now here's the only number you can negotiate. And that's whether you do it the way I've just been talking about or you do it the way other caterers do it. The only negotiable number is your profit. 
so you can tell your client because you know internally it takes four thousand dollars to produce this particular catering but you want a thousand dollars in profit so you tell them this catering will cost you five thousand dollars and with that five thousand dollars that means it's fifty dollars a head and if it's a wedding that's not that uncommon so now it's up to the client to go yeah that's awesome let's pay it here we go here's twenty five hundred dollars down but if the client says no that's too much the only number you negotiate is how much profit you want so instead of now getting a thousand dollars in profit you go to five hundred dollars in profit but that's the only number you can negotiate and then the last thing that you would put onto your catering quote would be an auto gratuity and that's something you can figure out for yourself but once you got that number in then you just give them that grand total and give it to them as a headcount because what this does is when they call you up and say hey i need i got five more people coming you say not a problem because you already gave them a headcount you had it on five more people i need that headcount number five times over so if you have that five thousand dollar catering amount and they agreed to it that's fifty dollars a head five more people come i need 250 and that's payable when we show up at the venue don't allow anyone to pay you afterwards unless it's a corporation and they have made arrangements ahead of time. Individuals are likely not to pay or they're likely to pay very, very slowly. So there you have it. That's my tips on how to do the catering. The main thing is I want you guys to make money and you got to understand where that money's coming from. Thank you so much for listening to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. If you're finding all the information helpful to your food truck business, please become a monthly supporter of the podcast. Just hit the support button or follow the link in the description. Every little bit does help keep us going. Join our Facebook group. It's called Food Truck Training. We have a whole bunch of awesome members at all different levels, from brand new beginners to decades-old veterans. They've all got your back when it comes to helping you with your food truck. And again, thank you for listening. Come back tomorrow because you know i got plenty more to say when it comes to helping you and your food truck business grow.